What if you're in a relationship and the relationship is just awful? I mean, you, you, most of the time when you get into them, you, you have great hope and great faith. You may see a little issue here or there, but you just believe we can work through it all. And sometimes you get into it and it's just bad. I mean, you can't communicate. You, you know, you don't like the way the person, you know, lives their life, whatever. <clears throat> Here's what you do. One word. Everybody say renegotiate. If it's bad, first of all, admit it's bad. Admit things aren't what you thought it would be and try to renegotiate and see if you can find a common ground. And that, that, that doesn't mean that you get to dump all of your bad feelings on a person. It doesn't mean that you get to make them feel like they're nobody. It just simply means you get to sit down and say, let's see if we can come up with a plan. And, and the Bible says it this way, can two walk together so that they be agreed. So that's important. I forgot my start question, didn't I? Go to the current event first. Back up a little bit. Pretend you didn't hear that. Here we go. What, what do I think about all the natural disasters? That's supposed to be the first question. Natural disasters um, are, are things that God warned us about in Scripture. And there are a lot of people who think, well, all the things that are happening are a surprise, but not if you read Scripture. Look at Luke chapter uh, 21 in your notes, verse 9. It says, but when you hear of wars and, and, and commotions, do not be what? terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. The end will not come when? Immediately. Be clear about that. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes, think about Mexico, in various places, famines, pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. That's what God said would happen. Now, some may argue and say, the real issue is climate change. Maybe. I think the scientists have some strong evidence that a lot of what's happening, especially the warming of the oceans, could be part of why these hurricanes are so large and why they keep, you know, growing and growing. I mean, they had the biggest one ever uh, in the Atlantic. I thought, you got to be kidding me. And it's coming my way. That's really not good news. And uh, could it be, you know, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. All this desire to, to produce stuff and not take care of the environment could be contributing to it. Our greed for prosperity, ignoring the planet that we were given to be a steward of, it could be a part of it. If you don't believe in climate change, that's your right. But I think there's some evidence that we should consider. And I love the fact that the Bible was real clear in the beginning when he made Adam. He said, I want you to tend the garden, which means take care of this planet. Take care of what I've given you. We have a responsibility to this place. And sometimes you can not see that uh, in those big storms. You can think, well, it's just, I don't know, the devil or whatever. But a little more than that. It could be something we've created. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is we need to understand it. We need to understand how things work. A lot of the fires that happen in some parts of the world, some believe that happens because uh, of the way we manage uh, things. And I, I assume we need to switch. Is that right, guys? Is that right? We do? Okay. And so uh, if things need to change, if things uh, need to, uh, the way we manage the, the, the planet, the way we manage the forest, uh, there's not enough natural burn. We, we put fires out, they say, and some of the, some of the things that happen, some of the mudslides, uh, where different parts of the world have different issues. And so we need to be aware of that and we need to embrace that and say, okay, let's, at least consider it. So the Bible said it would happen, and it, but it didn't say why it would all happen. Could it be that it's happening because we created? Could be. So those are thoughts, my thoughts about that. And so thank God the Bible said, do not be what? Terrified. That's the key. Don't be afraid. 
Now back to the questions about um, relationships. The first thing I said, if you have in a bad relationship, you should do what? Renegotiate. Second question, what do you do if you are betrayed in a relationship? If you are betrayed, somebody you are friends with or someone you dated, married to, and you feel they betrayed you, here's what you have to do. It's one word. You have to decide. Decide what you're going to do going forward. Now, if you decide you don't want to be in that relationship anymore, then that's the decision you make. Well, Pastor Rick, isn't that being unforgiving? Well, sometimes it's not safe. You know, I mean, let's say you, you, every time you drive my car, you wreck it. Every car, and you wreck three. Maybe on the fourth car, I might not let you borrow it. Uh, that's not unforgiveness. That's called safety. Every time I forgive you for hitting me, you hit me again. That's not about not forgiving. That's about what? Safety, you know. So sometimes even, you know, you don't, I don't know who you've been with, and, you know, stuff is all around, and you come smiling at me and say, no, this is about what? Sometimes it's about I want to live, and I don't know where you're at, and you need to be real clear that this is serious, and I can end up, and I, I, all you have to do is bury people who did that. I, I buried some people. I've done some funerals of people. Um, I know people by name that didn't take that seriously. And they were the victim of somebody else. So you have to think about that. And so sometimes the breaking of a relationship, the betrayal in a relationship, is not something you control. But when you decide to work it out and you decide to go forward, you need to work it out and go forward. You can't keep bringing up all that happened and all the bad stuff. That's not the way to do that. So that's my second, third answer, second answer. Number three, how do you repair a relationship with your parents? Well, you know, parents are hilarious. They are, um, I'm one, and they see things from a different perspective than a younger person would. When I was a child, my view of my relationship with my mom was one thing. Um, her view was another. What I think you should do is trade places. How many of you, when your parents told you some things, you didn't believe them when you were younger? Raise your hand. What didn't you believe that your parent told you that now you believe? Just shout it out for me. Raise your hand. What didn't you believe? Raise your hand. Let me hear you. Yes, what didn't you believe? You can't get blood out of a turnip. You believe you can get it out there now? What? You believe what? <laughs> I want something you believe now. That's, that's, that's a good one. I like that. All right, what, what, what didn't you believe? Yes. Yeah, what you didn't believe that you believe now. Money doesn't fall off the tree, off trees. Yeah, you thought it did fall off trees, right? Because they got it. Just go use, use your checkbook, right? Somebody, you got to put money in the account first, though. Somebody else, what didn't, what, what didn't you believe that you believe now? Yes. If you lie, you'll steal. Now you believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but did all parents go to the same school, take the same class, you know? <laughs> Yes. Say what now? I really can't hear. Oh, he's not the one for you. Whoa, that's one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you think she's trying to mess up your love life. Yes. Get a good education. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that you, 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 you don't believe, but when you trade places with them, and now you're a parent, now you have kids, now you've lived a while, you know, you've done things and you see that they were trying to help you. So 
Sometimes it helps you. And you, as you get older, you see it. I remember my mother used to do certain things, say certain things, and I just I didn't understand it, but now I get it. Number, number, so what do you do? Trade places, try to understand where they are. Even if they're older and you're kind of having issues with them now, uh, wait until you get older. Wait, wait until you get, my mom used to always tell me, she said, you're trying to run my life. I said, I'm not trying to run your life. I'm trying to help your life. You know, and she said, well, okay, you just tell me. I used to, I used to tell her where we're going on vacation. I didn't ask her. Well, I was, I was paying for it. I thought it was wonderful, you know. But she, she would say, so tell me where I'm going again. I said, well, what, 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 no, just go ahead and tell me about myself, my life. Tell me where I'm going and when I'm going and, and, and just tell me. And I should move with you, right? Really? Okay. And it was really interesting that I didn't fully understand her responses, but as I've gotten older, and then Christina calls me and says, so when are you guys going to get home? Pardon? Do you live here? You don't live here. Do you live with us? You don't live with us. But you want to know when we are going to get home. And she's got these questions. Why are you asking me questions? You know, questions I used to ask her. And so, you know, I just, just think it's hilarious. But um, I used to do that, so now I understand. Trade places. Say amen. Last question before you get to ask me questions. Um, what can you do if you damage the relationship? Everybody say, be honest. If you damaged it, admit you damaged it, and, and work toward healing it. But if, you, if, you, if you're the person who did it, there's something powerful about admitting you did it. Lastly, uh, how do you, well, let me give you a verse for that. The Bible says in John, Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. If you say you did it, if you admit you did it, this relationship is, you know, I yelled at you, I cussed you out. I, all those are horrible things for relationships. If you relate like that, no wonder it's a mess. I mean, the way some of, you commun we commun some of us communicate, if we're not careful, um, it, can, it can make it hard for anybody to be consistent with us. So be honest and say, okay, this is my contribution. Let's see if we can renegotiate and make this better. Last question. How do you build a good relationship and keep it going? Big word. Everybody say invest. I invest a lot of time in making sure that my marriage is okay, and that's intentional. Uh, the, the, the way that I invest in my relationship is by trying to listen, trying to help. I, I came up with a list of things that I felt would hurt our relationship. For example, practical things like the laundry, um, the, um, uh, the housekeeping, the schedule. So I have an intentional investment I make in each of those. I make sure that I help with the house stuff. I make sure that, I mean, washing towels, simple stuff. You'd be surprised what I do. I'm like, a, I'm like living with a maid guy. I mean, I really am big on that because I know it helps her not be crazy. Give me an amen if you're there. It's an investment. It is. It's like, it's like buying stock. I mean, you know, stock rises when, when the house cleans. <laughs> it's just, it does. It's just, woo, wow. It's just amazing. It's just, you know. And I just, I have this little thing I do. You know, we had a bunch of people at the house the other day, and time they leave, I, hey, the maid kicks in. I mean, I do. You know, I, I jump in, man, vacuum everything up, clean everything, put everything away, trash everything. It's like when she got up the next morning, it's like, who did this? Your man. 
made the investment. Bam. And she does the same thing. She cleans. She, she does all she can do, too. And, and one thing about Diane, which is really great, is Diane's never said certain things to me. She's never called me out of my name. She's never hit me. She's never attacked me. She's never talked about my mama unless she's being funny. Um, we've never had, she, she's never done certain things to me. And sometimes when I listen to women talk about what they want in a man, I say, well, you didn't make the right investment, baby. If you, if you don't, you can't get what you didn't sow, right? So I'm trying to invest and every Monday because I can in my life. I, I made that her day on purpose because I knew that if I did that, now some of you can't do a specific day like that, but you can do a season or once a month. You can, you can target it so that you say, this is what I want you to know is yours. And, it, and that investment has just paid great dividends over the years in our life. So that's how you keep a good relationship going strong. Uh, I, I'm big on building friendships. I'm, building, I'm big on calling my friends. I'm big on visiting my friends. I just texted one on the way in. He sent me a great note. Uh, and he said, hey, preach good today. And, um, and so I sent him back a note. And I said, hey, man, um, I will um, be looking forward to getting with you. And so I work on friendships, both local and, and out of town. Now, that's it. That's, those are my few minutes. You get to ask me questions. Um, online, if you have a question, feel free to type it in, and the staff will bring it to me, and I will answer your question live right here. If it's a relationship question, what kind of question? So if it's a relationship question. So guys are on the floor, uh, and if you don't ask me anything, we'll just look at each other and go, hmm, okay? <laughs> relationship questions, please. Anybody have a question for me? Somebody say, what did it's something on the paper you want me to expand on? You got one here, and then we got one up here. Okay, please go right ahead. What's your question? Hold on, they're going to turn that mic up because they believe in. Now, hold it, hold it, hold it. Gonna, I have faith. Pastor, I have faith. You hear me? I hear you now. They're going to okay. crank it up. They're going to crank it up even a little bit louder for me. Go I, ahead. Um, I was wondering if it's just me, but I'm looking at this, but the question by relationship, it seems like women are weaker than they used to be to me. It seems like they accept more negative stuff now than ever before. Some things that they would not have accepted. It seems like now, okay, well, let's just go with it. Is it just me, or is that? I, you know, I don't know. I've been studying our history and slavery and studying um, women around the world, and um, I'm doing this research for this book Christine and I are working on called Healing the Wounds of Dads and Daughters and how women have been treated around the world and how daughters have been treated around the world. It really, really has been bad for a long time for women. To me... Women and children are the worst treated in the world. So I don't know that I think it's worse. I think, I think it's, 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 the Bible says it's going to get worse. So it's worse, but it's always been bad. So that's my view of that. And I, I think that's, that's sad because women bring a, a great value. Um, and we men have a great part in helping that be good. Um, my wife asked me a tremendous question that has always uh, stayed with me. She says, name somebody in your life that has the power you have in my life. And that has helped me a lot because I realize I have a lot of influence in, in her world and, and in my daughter's life. I mean, I have a lot of influence. So the goal is to try to make that a positive thing. Somebody else. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. My question is, we talked about relationships. But what should you look for prior to getting into a relationship with a friend or a significant other? I look for what the, 
I, I, let me start someplace else. I measure it by, thank you, I measure it by, I measure a friendship by what it contributes to my life. So if, I'm in, if, if, I want, if I want you to be my friend, the question is, okay, we started our friendship a year ago, so where, what have you brought to my life in the last year? You know, strife, complaining, I'm your, I'm your ATM, you know, when you broke, you know, uh, hey, man, you know, I got a little trouble, you know, could you loan me, you know, hey, this is not a friendship, this is called uh, a bank relationship or something, I don't know what this is. Uh, and I'll say something about that. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like those kind of friends, personally. I want people that contribute to my life and that I contribute to their life. When you, so I look for people that are, that are confident, that, that want to, um, that are positive, that are helpful. Uh, and I like people that are independent. You know, like, okay, you're standing on your own now. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a, a, a triage nurse in your life. You know, I don't. I don't mind helping people. I'm a real, I'm a real like to help you get in a fight with you person. But if you want to be close to me, like we're talking about, then um, I need you to kind of stand up on your own two feet. And I need you to understand it's not, it's not a friendship if all you do is cost me something. So let's say, for example, some of you said, okay, I've been dating this guy for two years. Okay, so you started where? And so where are you now? When you started, you were going to church. Now you're not, right? When you started, you had money. Now you loaned it all away. You know what I'm saying? Measure the result of the relationship. That's how I do it, okay? So somebody else, where are we at? Right here, okay? I'm going to bring your microphone. Who else? Raise your hand so we can see you. Thank you. Right uh, here and here. Hello? Yes. Okay, okay so, go ahead. Um, could you explain un unique, being unequally yoked with somebody who you might be seeing or whatever? Could you explain that? And, and, and Paul said that in Corinthians, and he was talking about if you, are, if you are with somebody that's not going in the same direction you're going in. So let's pretend you and I are in the same car. You want to go east, I want to go west. Okay? You believe in driving fast, I believe in driving slow unequally yoked, and it was the idea of two oxen being tied together, and you got a horse and a, and a chicken. Can you imagine that? Trying to pull a wagon. You know, that's unequally yoked. You love God, I don't love God. I, I see people do this all the time. You know, well, he gonna, he's going to come to God. Well, he's, he's not with God yet, or she's not. And that doesn't have to be about religion. It could be about a life view. You know, some people don't believe in working. They don't. It's against their view. They believe you should take care of them because they look good or something. I don't know. They have a view. That's their view. If you look at the results, that's what the results say. And I think sometimes um, Paul said in, in that text that we're talking about, unequally yoked in Corinthians, he was talking about being with people that don't serve God and you're trying to serve God and how, how can, how can an idol worshiper work with somebody who's not an idol worshiper and how does that work? And he was saying you're unequally yoked together. So Look at the relationship and ask yourself, are we going in the same direction? Are we committed to the same God? Are we committed to the same values? Because I've seen people go, they, they both serve Jesus, they both go to church, and they're still unequally yoked. Because the person <laughs> is not committed to, for example, being honest or being diligent. So there's a lot of ways. Does that make sense to you? Track with me. Okay, somebody right here. Yes. Um, that's interesting because that's something that I often say to my children about being equally yoked. So with that said, there are so many um, young ladies today that are so independent. 
um, uh, professionally um, successful, mm -hmm. there is an issue at times on finding that person or working with that person or trying to meet a person, not so much equally yoked, but equally yoked, but yet just meeting people. Mm -hmm. It's a different um, world today. So that's my first question on, uh, what do you suggest for men or women like that? Mm -hmm. And the second one is, um, uh, say a person that's kind of quiet mm -hmm. and doesn't reach out um, like he or she sh he should. What would you suggest for that? Person? First of all, I want to recommend a book for the second part. The book called Quiet. It's, it's a wonderful book. I forgot her name. Susan Kane. What's her name? Is that Susan Kane? Yeah. It's it's a fabulous, fabulous book. First chapter will grip you because it, it, it defines quiet people in a way that's really powerful and introverts, extroverts, and it just helped me not judge people. It helped me embrace the, the way a person finds strength and power. Some people don't get it by being verbal. They get it by being quiet. And um, I'm, a, I'm an ambivert, which means Diane says at home I'm an introvert. She says I go in, I lock myself away, and you don't see me for like an hour or two or three or four hours. <laughs> she says that guy will lock himself away. Um, she told me when we built my house, she told the, the, the architect, the builder, do not put a couch in his office. Do not put anything in there where he could stay. Because I won't see him. She said, I won't see him. I'm telling you, you'll still go in there, and I won't see him. He just, <laughs> you know, talking to God and all that. So, uh, <laughs> so, so ambiverts go both ways, you know. Introverts, you might know for that. So that's, that's the book I recommend, Quiet. Secondly, um, in terms of finding somebody, I just, now this is just me. I don't live to find people. I just live great, a great life, and, and I meet great people. And I really believe if you, if you are a highly educated woman, a guy, or whatever, and you are trying to find somebody that's equal and going in the same direction, don't get hot, hung up on that. Just live a great life. You're running to great people and go great places. And that's how I feel. All right, we got one online. What you got, Mr. Mr. Orlando? Yes, Pastor Rick, we have a question from one of our streaming audience. Um, do you think it's impossible for marriage to survive in today's social climate and society, divorce rates keep rising. I, I think it's possible if you make different decisions. If you make the decisions everybody's making, you're going to have the same result. People, people end up in bad relationships because they make the same decisions they've always made. And, they, they, and then sometimes, to be honest, you can do everything right, and it can just go bad because a person decides they don't want to be. I've had, I've had women tell me, I don't want to be married to a pastor another day. And he didn't do anything. He, she just don't like church folks. She don't like church. She, and they've told she's Pastor Rick, nothing personal. I don't like those people. I don't want to be around them. They judge my clothes. They just get on my nerve. I, he can have another one of them. They can get, have an auction. I don't care. I don't want to be married. And I've had women tell me he has a choice, me or the ministry. He has a choice. Now, here's what I think probably caused that, the way he ran it. No time off. You know, allow the members to create this tension for her and his family. And so I think if you do whatever, uh, if you do what other people do, you'll have their result. But I, so I do believe that marriage can last. I've been married 37 years in December. I think it's great, but it's not always easy. It's not always simple. I hear you want to clap, right? You want to clap for that? It's pretty cool. But it's, 
I mean, Diane and I, Diane and I, you might be surprised by this, we're both divorced material. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> Who? Us? Shh. Girl is strong. When I, when I got married to Diane, I, and I'm not making this up. When I got married to Diane, it shocked me how strong she is. I felt like I was sleeping. First Monday, like, like you know, we're going to work. Like, okay, all the honeymoons over with. Time to go to work stuff, right? We in the apartment, everybody. That girl hit the floor like a Marine. Boom! <laughs> Scared me. I said, Jesus, what, what happened? What's, what's going on? And she get up so early. I thought, gee, I don't get up this early. God ain't even up this early. Is God up? What? I was confused. And she's, man, she does it. She's, re- she's relentless. Staff, do I wait on her more than she waits on me? Come on, tell the truth. God's looking at you. know I'm telling the truth. That woman works. Staff, what time y'all get emails? Don't mess with me. You know I'm telling the truth. That woman is amazing. When she was nine or eight, her Mother would have, her mother was a school teacher, right? Who founded the church, Ernestine Ditworth. She would take off and have goof off days with the kids. The school teacher would say, we're not going to school. We're all going to goof off. Now, Diane, I can't stay with you people. I have work to do. She would go to school. She was teaching high school at 20. They used to think she was a student in the hallway. She's a bad woman. What? And I married her. I didn't know what I was getting into. Man, that girl, <laughs> she's smart. You ask her a question. I used to, I used to go to her, go with her and try to, and try to um, like, present a financial plan. I don't do that anymore. You work it out, baby, and bring it to me. She's, she has her way of seeing the world. And so, and so what, I, what I've learned is embrace the strength. I've got issues that she's had to manage, too. So, but I think it can work if you're willing to do it. So that's my view. Amen. You have another one? We got one more online. Yes. I have two more. Two more. Okay, go for it. Yes. At the both parties invested a relationship, what do, you, what do you do when one says they are unsure if they want to be in a relationship in fear of hurting the other? I think you have to ask why. You know, people have a reason for feeling that way. I mean, most people, when they get married, they don't get married to get divorced. They, they, if they enter into a relationship with you, they're, they're, they enter into it believing this is going to work. What you want to find out is what happened between here and there, and listen. And, and I think counseling is a great option. If you can find a counselor or if you can get a good friend or a pastor, someone that you trust, and let them help you work through what happened. And it, it's, it, listen, if you just, Ricky Temple, the temples have a way of doing things that maybe another one doesn't. They don't do it. And, you know, and, you know Rick's married to a wonderful Monica Perry. They're very different, different ways. Embracing her and, and finding a way to pull those families together, that's how you build a relationship. It's when you think the Temple way is the only way. It's when you think that the Perry way or the Smith way or the John, no, it's not. Maybe your family has a little, has a little off. My grandmother, my grandmother used to say to my mother, to my mom, sorry, to my wife, I, I, never, I never noticed it. She never said it to me. Oh, you gained a few pounds. Your left hip is a little bigger than your right one. I mean, something like that. It was, not exactly that, but something close. And I didn't know she said it until my wife said, you know, your wife, your family, every time I go by, they, they kind of measure my weight. I said, oh, really? So I went to my grandmother. I said, Grandma, please don't do that. She said, okay, next time she saw, you're the beautifulest person I ever saw. <laughs> 
Okay. So, you know, yeah, it's, it, it can be challenging. Keep going. What's next? Okay. The next question. We met at the age of 14 and 15, currently 20 and 21. Before we go any further, did I answer the last question? Say it one more time. Go back to the last question. Okay. Make sure I, that you tuned in. I want to make sure I heard your question right because I was having fun for a minute. What, do, what was the last question? After both parties invested in a relationship, okay. what do you do when one says they are unsure if they want to be in a relationship in fear of hurting the other? Ask what happened. Check it out. See if you can find a way to discover what's causing them to feel that way. Maybe something your family member said. Maybe something in the house. The way maybe you're going over to your mother's house too much. Maybe they don't feel like we have our own life. Find out what they feel and value their opinion and listen to it. I try to do it with my wife. And we found a good balance. So that's that question. Next question. Right, next question. We met at the age of 14 and 15, currently 20 and 21, have been friends for seven, almost eight years, and now in a relationship. What can we do to get through this hurdle? How do I love a woman who has been mentally, sexually, physically abused? She has anxieties, flashback, and much more. You know, you know... I, I think I, I think she has to help you love her. That's not just your burden and responsibility. Whatever happened to me happened to me. That's my responsibility. I can't make another person fix that. That that I have a I have everybody has a journey. I have my own. I can get some pretty thing. I can say a couple of things too, you know, that hurt me or happened to me. But, but that's not Diane's job to fix. One of the great revelations that I've come to in life is that I don't convict people of sin. The Bible says the Holy Spirit does that. I can't make you feel guilty about anything. I don't have the power to make you do anything. You have to decide. So there's a responsibility that she has to take on. And she has to go to counseling. And she has to say that, you know, I can't let this happen to me. And then it's easier. But I was with the father one time. He said something was really powerful. He said, he said, uh, my, he was talking about buying his son a car, right? And he said, but he's not saving any money for it. And I said, well, sometimes kids don't get it right away. And he said, well, I can't want it more than he wants it. And this, that, just that statement spoke to me in a very big way, that he has to want things. And I feel that way about being a pastor. I, I'm not trying to, if you don't want to be holy, you ain't to worry about me chasing you down. You don't, you know, you know, if I if I see you all high, I say, hey, you high today. I seen some of my members this high as a kite. It feels a riggy. Feels a riggy. I'm coming back to church, man. I'm coming. <laughs> Not today. Don't come today now. <laughs> Go home and sleep. <laughs> okay. I can't, I'm not, I'm not a sin cop. I'm not gonna chase you around. People are always apologize. I wasn't in church. I say, okay. That's normally what I say. When you coming back? It's okay. Stream in, whatever you do. I love you, but I can't police you. Now, if you're a leadership and you do something wrong, I promise you I will knock on your door. If I catch you, if you're doing something and you're up here and you're not living right and I catch you, better hide better. <laughs> I will I will call. I mean, I don't have that. You know, okay, you're up here leading, got your own staff, watch it. He coming. Got everybody's phone number, praise God. All right, somebody else have a question. Where is that it? We got all online. Thank you, the online folks. Give them a big hand for being with us today. Thank you, all you online people. All right, we've got about 10 more minutes, five more minutes, yes. 
what book can you recommend for a young pastor? Well, he's kind of getting toward middle age now, but I suppose. But um, I received a, uh, he's a young pastor. He sent me a long email, a text message, and what I see in it is that what book would you recommend for um, a person, a pastor, a leader? He has, he feels insecure in himself in his ministry, and has marital issues. I, that's a, you can't That's the relationship part. I like that. You brought it in there. I like oh. that. Um, I, I, I think um, there is a book, um, oh, my goodness, um, knock on my door, email me, and I'll send you, I'll send you a list. Uh, if you go to my website, rickytemple.com, there is, um, I'll put one up there. Uh, click on um, resources and then read with the pastor. I'll post one that I think would be good for pastors in relationships. There's a couple that I have, that, but I can't think of the names right now. Somebody else have a question for me, a relationship question. Right here in the front, and where are we at? Where are we at? Right here? Okay, go ahead. And then we got one up here. Yes. Hey, Pastor. Hi. Hi. I just want to make sure that I'm on the right track, so okay. I will ask. Okay. How do you parent children that are no longer children, but they're not actually adults, so you got to change? How do you manage the change? and allow them to become who they're supposed to be. The same way God does with you. He gives you time, takes you moment by moment, circumstance by circumstance, day by day. Because parenting and relating to growing children, adult children, requires patience and fairness. You got to be fair. When you were their age, how did you think? And how did you process? Switch places. Go back and be fair. When I was at their age, I thought freedom was everything. I wanted to be out late. I wanted to do this. Well, now you want to go home at 9 o'clock and sleep, 9.30, you know. <laughs> that wasn't your thinking at 20 or 18 or 17. And so understanding where they are, but yet staying in the fight, I think giving up on them is dangerous. And it's, I personally believe they can do more damage to themselves as, as adult children 18, 19, 20, 21. Most of you have bad memories that happened between 18 and 24. A lot of stuff you did that you still regret you did in those ages. And so when they get to those special ages, sometimes that can stretch to almost 28, 29. Those are years where they start feeling like I'm grown, I can do what I want to do, and you just have to lovingly work them through it. And don't give up the fight. Yea, though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they can fear no evil because you are going to stay with them. So that's what I would say. All right, I'm going to do two more. I think we're almost out of time. Uh, one here, and is that it for the day on relationship? I think we're there. Uh, is that where, and one more over here? Okay, so one and one. So, sir, you, and then we end with you. Go ahead. Okay, um, I was looking at your questions, and I've been through all these stages, but you know part of it. Turn, turn, them up, um, turn up a little bit louder. Go ahead. Um, the bad relationships with parents and you felt betrayed. Um, and you do switch the roles and you have your children or your own. How do you go forward and um, invest that time in my child, my child, or? So you're saying, how do you go forward when you switch places, you've tried everything, and you still aren't there yet. Yeah. yeah. How do you do it? 
you understand what you control and don't control. There's a wonderful saying that I control 50% of every relationship. Say that with me, please. Come on, everybody. I control 50% of every relationship. I don't control your 50%. As a pastor, I control my side of this relationship. I gave you notes. I came on time. I'm going to let you out here in a minute. I keep your building clean. I spend the money you give me to keep it clean. You don't give me any money. I can't do what? I can't keep it clean. You know what I'm saying? You got the size building you paid for. Praise Jesus. That's my side of the relationship. If you don't come to church, you don't give, you don't do your part, whose fault is that? Come on, say that's our side. No, come on, say that's our side. That's your side. That's not my side. So you can't own that. One of the great lessons I've taught my kids, I said, what can you own and what can't you own? And they'll say it. I can't own that. I don't own that. I don't own that. I can't own that. That's not my side of the relationship. That's your side. So embrace the parent the best you can. If they can't grow and come to that place, maybe that's not what they've decided to do. God has children. Some listen to him and some don't listen to him. You have parents that listen to God and don't listen to God. You just make sure you do with your kids. You got that? Come on, that's a good one. You got that? That's good advice. Last one for the day, and I got to go. Yes. Okay. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Um, what, what are your thoughts on individuals or people who, whether they're engaged or whether they're dating, leading towards engagement, um, living together? Father, we thank you for this service. We ask your blessing upon everything that's been said. All these hard questions we ask you in Jesus' name. If I'm going to be really honest, I would have done that. If I'm really honest, because I grew up in a culture that did not teach me that sex before marriage was wrong, and they did not teach me that living together, even though my mother never lived with anybody, you know, we were in my lifetime, you know, I never, it was always just me and her, so nobody else was in there. Um, and I think the culture now says it's okay. Probably, I think 70, 80% of people, if you ask them, um, they say it's okay in one way or another. So most of you, if, I, if the stats are right, would disagree with me. Or you say, that's nice. That's what pastors are supposed to say. But you do what you want to do anyway. So why would I spend my energy <laughs> trying to tell you to not do something you're going to do anyway? I, I, I can give you a case if you want to just know what it is. First problem is you're not married and you're sleeping together like you are. That's wrong. But, again, most people, they have situational morality. I ain't date nobody. I'm holy, committed to God. But when I see somebody, it's over. You know, it's, it's, it's the night's the night, you know. You know, you know what I mean? Start playing the love songs. You can't remember the Bible verses. It's all gone out your mind. You don't know what Jesus said now. I'll check that later. <laughs> In the morning, I'll read the Bible again. I mean, that's what they do. And so I don't think it's right. I don't think it's in their best interest. I think that there are arguments about, you know, you can look on my website. If you go to rickytemple.com, click on articles. There's something called cohabitation. I put some articles up there on cohabitation and what that means, and you can read them. And, and what I do is I post it both views. Uh, 
the secular world says it's fine. I don't agree, but the secular world says it's fine. So I think it's really important um, for me to fight the fight I, that I can fight and love everybody who decides with me and doesn't decide with me. My job is to point you in the right direction. And this is what I tell couples. Is, Listen, you're out of alignment. You know, they, a lot, matter of fact, out of 10, out of, I, watch it, Temple. Uh, I assume things now that I didn't used to assume. When you're dating, I assume that A, B, and C is happening. I just assume that. I assume that when people are living together, that they want to live together. I assume that. So, you know, I, hey, why am I going to jump all over you? You know, you, go, you can tell me what I think. He don't like this. There you go. Boom, we're done with that. Why don't he like this? The Bible says, okay, we're done with that. So what do I do with you now? I move on. I don't think that p- people who pray for God's will in their life but don't live in alignment with God's word are going to receive God's best. And so if you want God's best, do it God's way. Did you learn something today? Thank you for letting me rest. I didn't prepare anything except, as a matter of fact, what you saw. Next week we talk about what? What are we going to talk about next week? What? Politics. Don't miss it. Father, we thank you today. For the word and for all that's been said and done, we thank you for this conversation. I listened and learned a lot today. I learned what they were thinking about. I learned about their relationships. I pray that they would leave this day, those who are here, those who are live watching, and those who are on demand, that the Holy Spirit would take the questions and the thoughts and that you'd bring life to them. And God, I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory and all the honor in your name for all that's going to happen today and all that's going to happen this month. We thank you for the difference you make, and we give you all the praise. And everyone say.